Hello everyone and welcome back guys to a brand new video where today we're here back with episode 26, I want to say, of Jamie183 and I's podcast here. The Unnamed Motorsport Podcast, yeah, 26 episodes, we're half a year in Jamie and well really we've been doing it for about 7-8 months so we've not done too badly. Yeah, uh, I'm very surprised. Yeah, I think I think we've we've done better than either of us thought we would <laughs> up to this stage of the year there. But of course, the US Grand Prix, another nail-biting finish, another decent race. Obviously, we spoke about Turkey a couple of weeks back. It was a bit underwhelming. I think we can agree the Turkish yeah. Grand Prix. The USA was kind of the opposite, wasn't it? Not a lot happened, but there was a lot of stuff that nearly happened, which I think is obviously yeah. sort of the main talking point. And I think you came away from that race thinking you enjoyed watching. So that's always a good sign. Well, I didn't. I came away from well, that yeah. race just thinking pain, but still. <laughs> I enjoyed watching, so there's that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you did, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you did at the end of the day. No, to be fair, I've said this in a couple of videos recently. I did enjoy the Grand Prix, and I think as long as we don't get something out of Lewis and Max's control between now and the end, of the, it defines the title. I think whichever way it goes, that driver probably deserves. Would you agree? Like yeah. if we don't if, if we don't no get an more... engine failure and we don't yeah. get someone else crash into one of them. Yeah. I mean I'd argue Max has had way more bad luck this year, but like it's sort of like they're at a point now where it doesn't really matter with five races to go, does it? So just I I'd argue fight had, to the end. I'd argue he's had more bad luck, but he's also had a car that should mean he's further ahead as well. Yeah. I think over the course of the season, the Red Bull's been slightly faster. Yeah, the Red Bull has had the uh, enough of a difference. But continue when you when you think about how similar a level both Hamilton and Max are operating on this year. Yeah, yeah. You, you think, and they're Max so far probably... clear of the rest of the drivers. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and that's something we'll get onto later on. Yeah. in the video, but there was already controversy before we got into the weekend. Of course, there was Twitter. Weirdly enough, mainly Ferrari fans I noticed are uh, <laughs> going mad at the Mercedes back end. And clearly not understanding how suspension and aerodynamics work. Well, Twitter doesn't really have a degree in uh, aerodynamics. So no, it's not a surprise no. that they don't know what they're talking about. But I know nothing about this. So it's all you. So basically, what the issue for a lot of people was... Now, obviously, there's been all the talk this year, isn't there, about how the low-rate cars, they just haven't worked very well this year. The new change, the small tweaks and changes really did nerf the likes of Mercedes and Aston Martin, yes? Yeah. Basically, what Mercedes have done is they've now create, or whether it's created or whether it's just the way they've tuned it, but the suspension, when it goes fast enough, drops more. So obviously underneath the car, obviously with the diffuser, you're basically trying to create a vacuum, aren't you, anyway? Mm. Obviously, that hasn't been as important in the last few years for a lot of the teams because they're running such a high rake. Mercedes, obviously running a lower rake, have been able to drop the suspension more at high speed and obviously create more of a vacuum, which has made the car quicker down the straights. Yeah. Now, where the issue lies for that for some people is they seem to believe it's active suspension. What they seem to have forgot, on the other hand, is the faster a car moves, the more air pressure is over it. Yeah. The, the more, more the suspension move, yeah. is going to dip. Yes, that's just how physics works. <laughs> so that's obviously a bit beyond the uh, technical capabilities of well, Twitter. People are trying to compare <laughs> it to the flexi wings that Red Bull had at the start of the year. Mm. But it's a completely different component of the car. You can tune the wings to not bend as much 
through the rules completely fine. That's obviously just them trying to exploit a loophole in the rules. Mm -hmm. Mercedes are trying to do a similar thing with the suspension, but the suspension is always going to have to bend, otherwise yeah. things like the rear crash structure won't work. <laughs> and all this, that, yeah. and the other. Like, a it's... car won't look exactly the same at zero miles an hour, it's like 200. Exactly. So... <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, that was sort of like the pre-weekend controversy. You have, again, obviously, this then brings up the whole thing from, especially I've noticed it's mainly Ferrari fans who were then going, well, no Trying one to dig moans. up 2019, yeah. Yeah, they literally just don't seem to understand. Like, Ferrari, people think Ferrari are dodgy because they got called up on something and then lost a ton of performance. They lost about eight That has never <laughs> happened to Mercedes. Like, why do people not seem to be able to understand this? It's not know. like... It's not like they've gone to Mercedes, oh, your suspension seems a bit odd, and then suddenly Mercedes are three seconds off the pace <laughs> this weekend. It's just, I just don't get, like, how Ferrari fans can't, or some Ferrari fans, just can't just on understand Twitter, it. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's just funny. But heading into the weekend, though, talking points from sort of Friday and Saturday, Um, did you watch qualifying? Yes, I did. I good, watched good most of it. Yeah, I, I missed out the, the good exciting. bit. Out of yeah, any of them. So. I fell asleep. The last thing I can remember is the cars going out for their first run in Q3. Can you can you talk me through it? After Mercedes, we must add, looked really fast on Friday. Yeah, Mercedes were a second clear in FP1. So everyone was like, oh, this is it. Goodbye title. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, yeah, Q3, the first runs. Um, Hamilton completes that first, goes fastest, obviously. Um, You'd then, hope that if he went first, yeah. Then Max beat him by about three tenths. And okay. then Perez, who was just behind Max, went ahead of Max onto provisional pole by a few hundredths. It was like a two hundredths or something. And the whole of USA went crazy because obviously they're all Mexicans. Um, I mean, <laughs> so it makes sense. Not in context. Texas, they aren't. No, <laughs> but all the fans there. A lot of the fans. There were a lot of Mexican fans there this weekend. So yes, they were going yeah, mental. Yeah, because it's just across the border. Yeah. And then second runs, uh, Hamilton is like doing like i think it was two three cents up in sector one alone on his previous lap um so he must have made a mistake there or something but anyway hamilton again completes the lap first goes on to provisional pole verstappen then takes it away again by two tenths it was a brilliant lap from max to be fair and then perez because obviously he's not on the same level as hamilton or verstappen ends up just improving a little bit and was only like a hundredth or so off of hamilton so he very nearly made it a red bull front row but unfortunately not Yes, yeah, and this is the thing, isn't it? Like, another talking point for the weekend, Perez was on it. Perez was very on it until his uh, and, drinks bottle ran out. <laughs> yes, yeah, which we'll talk about a bit more in a moment. And it is something we've we've seen this from Perez a few times this year, haven't we? But it yeah. seems like the last couple of races, he really does seem to have learnt a bit more. He's taken a step forward with the car. Yeah, and the same thing he said about Ricardo. actually. He's been doing a lot, a lot better. Yeah, Ricardo as well. It was another one I wanted to talk about in a moment. Obviously, he finally got to drive his Dale Earnhardt number three Chevy yeah. Monte Carlo, which, which is pretty cool to see. Sounds insane. Yeah, like, I always knew that thing sounded brilliant. I've seen videos on YouTube of it before, but yeah, seeing seeing the Intimidator number three back on track, uh, I must admit, was rather special uh, this weekend. But yeah, Ricardo as well. He was was he quicker than Lando in the end? Yeah, he was. He beat he beat Norris in qualifying. But, Ferrari with their power unit upgrades seem to have the edge on McLaren at the yeah, moment, don't they? I believe it was Science, no, Leclerc fourth, Science fifth, then Ricardo and Norris sixth and seventh. Yes, yeah. Obviously, Bottas qualified fourth but had uh, five Right, yeah. 
Yeah, but he was closer to those four than he was to the top three, wasn't he, in the end? Yeah, Bottas was not on it this weekend at all. No, so. no rather unsurprisingly. Yeah, because yeah, this was the thing, wasn't it? We've had all these stats, like after Turkey going, Bottas, since his new contract, has been the best performer yeah. on the grid. And you're like, yeah, like Hamilton that and Verstappen have had an engine penalty each and crashed out of one of the races. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Um, but we actually had another, quite a few Mercedes penalties, didn't we, for this weekend? Bottas, Vettel and George Russell, all yes. with penalties. And uh, I've seen talk, I can't remember, is it either Buxton or uh, the bald one at BBC? Um, <laughs> Benson. Andrew, Andrew Benson, yeah. Um, who thinks that the that Hamilton will have to take another ICE, which would be a five-place penalty at some point. Yes. Just because yeah, of the way other, other Mercedes that. cars are going. And with Mexico yes. being so, you don't want to go anywhere near risking it in Mexico because they, they no. blow up at the slightest gust of wind. So that's the problem. There's no gusts of wind; so they're too high up. Yeah, you don't get any it's air just into like the no air. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I mean, we'll talk about that a bit more at the end of the podcast, won't we? But I think, yeah, maybe there's going to be a penalty coming at Mexico or Brazil. I'd be inclined to say, unless yeah, they want to go Jeddah. I would think Mexico or Brazil are easier to overtake than Jeddah, surely. Jeddah's just all straights, though, is sort of my thinking. Or, mm. or just all high-speed downforce stuff. I, my Mexico is impossible to follow, so it's probably difficult to take one there, because I remember back in 17 when Merck had a really OP car, they still got stuck behind, like, Sauber's and McLaren Hondas and stuff. Yes, yeah. Well, so, that was because Hamilton had damage, though, wasn't it? Yeah, because Vettel drove into him at the start. But yeah. still, should be overtaken um, a bit easier. Yes, yeah. But, yeah, I think we'll wait and see what happens for Hamilton between now and the end of the year but obviously we roll on Sunday we get Martin Brundle trying to trying to just beef it up with bodyguards <laughs> um, we, we love the Grundle Brib- the Grundle Bridwalk Grundle. the Brundle the Brundle Gridwalk finally back um, yeah I'll be honest uh, it was enjoyable this once but I can't help but feel like generally it's if someone said to me before the US Grand Prix that they weren't doing it again, I'd be sort of like, oh, no. What, the grid Anyway, walk? yeah. But really like seeing that again was sort of reminding me why I think we love it. Yeah, it's just it throws up some random stupid interactions that you never exactly. thought you'd see. And I think this is the thing, isn't it? We, we kind of, as, as Brits, we kind of need that, don't we? Did you see the one I posted in the Twitter chat of Ozzy Osbourne? I didn't watch it, though. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to go back and watch it. Ozzy, if you guys, yeah, if you're listening to this, YouTube search Ozzy Osbourne 2003. I want to say Canadian Grand Prix with Martin Brundle. It is brilliant <laughs> um, as well there. But we well, also have Stuff like uh, missing the presentation by Pele. Yeah, you wouldn't get that yeah. with that. And, uh, do you remember when Ted Kravitz and uh, Brazil 08 got out of a, a union flag? in front of the Brazilian fans. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but this was the problem, wasn't it, then? Because they've been so used to the year before, a lot of Brazilians wanted to see Lewis win. Yeah. Because obviously he was a huge Senna fan and all this, and obviously they go back there and some people just didn't seem to realise everyone they wanted Massa to win that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, going on, though, to the first big worry, though, for the Grand Prix was Pierre Gasly having issues before the start. I didn't see any of this. I watched the race on Channel 4 because um, I was out and then didn't look at the results and stuff. So it, it skipped over all of Gazzy's issues and then also skipped over him retiring. It just cut a few laps forward. Just and Gazzy was wasn't included on Channel 4. Yeah, not at they all. Have a, they have a strict they no French agenda. They didn't pay his appearance fee. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, so it, apparently it was a sensor issue for Gasly before the Grand Prix. Of course, we'll talk more about his retirement in the race later on there. But we get to the start. Verstappen... 
I don't know if you noticed this on the formation lap as well. He was heading through the Turkey S section as there were still cars going through sector one. It was, yeah, and he seems to be on the grid for so long. He like, always he was, does this. He was halfway around, like, basically onto his grid slot when, like, maybe P5 was coming around the last corner. He was so far ahead. And he does this a lot. Am I boring you, Matt? Yes. Sorry, oh. I've had a long day. Um, yeah, I don't get why he keeps doing this as well. Because, I mean, this weekend it clearly didn't work for him. Because Hamilton mugged him off off the start. Mm. I think that was more a reaction time thing. The three hundredths of a second between them. Yeah. Which, which is not I guess much. It's pretty negligible, isn't it? I yes. don't know. I was thinking it was just Hamilton got a better start this weekend. Yeah, pretty much. But I, yeah. I can't remember where else he's done the, the formation lap thing. A lot but of places this year I've noticed he does seem to I don't remember him losing quickly. that many places on the, on the start. That many? He only lost the one. No, but I don't remember that many races where he's lost out from pole. Oh, right, yeah. No, not really much this season, to be fair. Um, but yeah, obviously, talking about the start then, Hamilton got a slightly better getaway. Obviously, he has the inside for Turn 1. Verstappen really tried to crowd him out, didn't he, towards Turn yeah. 1. But Hamilton, this time I... around, having absolutely none of it. Yeah. Obviously... <laughs> I'm not a professional Formula 1 driver but I'm surprised that Max didn't swing really far out to the right like having squeezed Hamilton I just don't think minute. he could because you've got I the likes of Perez there, there that yeah. could just slew into the back of him if he does that yeah but like in league racing that's what you would do you squeeze someone to the inside and then last minute swing out to the right and get a really wide entry it's but, yeah. also sorry thinking about that at Cota rather difficult to do because obviously, if, obviously where it's, where it's really, uphill where it's uphill yeah obviously if you're scrubbing speed off to the outside again it's it's even more difficult obviously because you're more likely to get understeer from the front yeah. try and dig it back in so maybe he's the uh, he's the one who's done his whole life racing so he probably knows better than me so maybe he did the best thing but Hamilton got him on turn one Verstappen ran wide I'm sure Alonso was crying about that probably um, Perez almost got well he would have got Verstappen had they not been yes. teammates. Had he, had he not been in a Red Bull, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. that was... I, I was hoping we'd see Perez sticking at the inside, but obviously I knew immediately he wasn't going to. Yeah, no There was way. that small part of me that like Perez suddenly forgets he's in a Red Bull or something. But unfortunately not. For, for us Lewis fans, unfortunately not. Yeah. We had absolute <laughs> Canadian carnage, though, at the start. Latifi and Stroll coming to blows. It was a very strange crash. It was like, like Stroll was a bit. No, it was, was it Latifi on the who made a contact first? I think well, they it was made Latifi. contact with each other, didn't they? No, but like Latifi's front wing hit Stroll's left rear. Yes. Yeah. So Latifi was like being basically crowded out from everywhere, had nowhere really to go. I mean, he could have broke more. Was yeah, kind he of what I noticed. <laughs> but yeah, it was a very. I mean, no one really cares because both of them had not much chance of doing anything. So whatever. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. And this was the thing, wings. wasn't it? This weekend, it very much seemed like we had only really five teams that were able to score points. Yeah. yeah like literally. Alpha Tauri, both Gasly and Sonoda were on it this weekend, but Ferrari and McLaren are sort of stuck in their own development race, which has sort of brought them away from the rest of the midfield. Obviously, then you've got Mercedes and Red Bull out front, but Alpha Tauri now. They're quite comfortably the fifth fastest. They're quite comfortably fifth fastest at the moment, as well as Alpine and Aston Martin have really just fallen towards off, Williams yeah. and Alfa Romeo. And Alfa Romeo picked it up in terms of pace recently. It's just well, they brought a new front wing this yeah. weekend because they're trying yeah. to close up the gap to, to Williams, which I thought that's going to be near impossible to do because they're basically needing, what, yeah. three points a weekend every weekend between now and the end of the year, which he thinks possible a couple of times. 
but yeah. not for six and races maybe, in I a mean, row. What twain Last time they were at Brazil, Alpha finished four and five. So you never know. <laughs> no, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen Brazil. Right in fourth, Giovinazzi fifth. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Let <laughs> I me. Mean, you keep talking a second. Is this true? This is true. That literally, Raikkonen almost got a podium. Oh no, I'm looking at qualifying. Because um, yeah, Gasly was did. P2, Hamilton was third, then got a penalty. Yeah, so yeah. you never know. Could happen well, I think, again. I think we do because Alfa Romeo then were a lot better than they are now, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, and that was Gio's one good performance ever. So yes, yeah, that he's already yeah, set up. another drive. Yeah, and speaking of no, we'll wait for that. That was going to be a good segue, but I'll hang on. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was going to be a lap good one. Lap one as well. Lando almost overtook everyone and then didn't. That was. Yep. That was <laughs> so. almost, and uh, he almost Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. Yeah, he was almost. Past, well, he was temporarily past Ricardo and Science. I don't think and he then, was ever past Science. Science was maybe he pretty wasn't. late on the brakes as well. Yeah. And then yeah, he obviously had to play it cool and not T-bone Leclerc. <laughs> yes. And then yeah. ended up back very started. So. It was a good battle though, all race long between the McLarens and Ferraris. So, I when the, the front of the grid isn't that interesting, we've obviously got that to look at, which is quite cool. Yes, yeah. And I think this wow. is the thing, isn't very it? Like we said, today, I, it? yeah, it was a very long day. <laughs> um, I think this is the thing, isn't it? Like we said, Ferrari now. Sorry, I'm just looking through Brazil still. I've noticed Hulkenberg finished 15th that oh, day. Oh, I don't He's... care. He got a <laughs> penalty know, for overtaking Magnussen on the safety car. That's <laughs> the fact you remember line. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And the Renault was terrible that race anyway. I don't care if Ricardo was yeah. sick. I mean, we need to talk about that in a moment, don't we, as well. But yeah, um, yeah, Lando super sent. Ferrari, like we said, seemed to have a small advantage over McLaren at this stage of the game. Whether we're going to see that tip the other way in, I thought maybe next week, maybe maybe next time out of Mexico, Mercedes power will be better than Ferrari power. Yeah, Ferrari does seem the fastest car at the minute since that upgrade in Russia. I want to say, or was it, uh, was it no. Turkey? Turkey. Yeah, so Leclerc's had back-to-back P4s now in qualifying and race, so doing yes, pretty well. Yeah, he's um, picking it up, old Charlie. Old old Charlie's Leclerc. Yeah. But yeah, and then really, it was kind of a bit dead, wasn't it? For yeah, <laughs> about the next twenty. Well, we it was a bit dead on track. Obviously, we see Verstappen pit lap eleven, Hamilton then stays out about an extra three laps. In all of that, Verstappen's undercutting by like eight seconds. Well, just by the one lap, he would have got the lead. So Mercedes just thought, let's not just come out right behind him. Let's actually give a bit of a tire differential. Which yes, I can see but... why they did that. But you kind of realised they had to do that over the course of the race and then just didn't really do enough of it, yeah. which was yeah. rather it frustrating was a, to see. It was a half-hearted differential, really. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Max pits lap 11, Hamilton pits lap 14. Now, if you were Mercedes then, Jamie, you see Verstappen out sort of six, seven seconds ahead. You know your car's slightly better on tyres this weekend. I think that's fair Also to say. slightly better on pace, I would argue, in the race. Uh yes, Especially as long as you're not dirty tires. yeah. Yeah, I'd argue on raw pace alone you've probably got a couple of tenths at most mm. per lap. Um what would you have done as Toto Wolf? Toto one eight three. I'm sure I'm sure Toto decides the strategy. I'm sure he does. <laughs> not uh big James Vowles, we share a name, so I'll take him. Uh I probably would have I mean, you just try and do a bit something a little bit different. What I would yes. have done originally is just preempt the first stop, I think. 
and pit Hamilton before Verstappen because that way you right. keep track position. You're pitting very early then. But like pit lap nine, people were in a pit to lap eight at lap nine. Like, yeah, but they I were the soft Hamilton... runners, weren't they? Oh no, it was like, well, it was Ocon think... because he had damage. There was someone else as well. Um, Latifi? Pit, I think it was Lando or one damage? of those. Someone picked that up before Verstappen anyway. Um, right. Who actually wasn't for damage. And then if Hamilton pits then, if you pit first, you're guaranteed to keep the lead because the uh, the undercut was so good that like whoever pit first out of those two was going to have the lead. So by yeah. by not biting the bullet and sending the first stop, you're, you're surrendering the lead that Hamilton's got on the first lap. So yes. yeah. I think they should have done that. And then obviously it's going to be a bit of a struggle with Red Bull having two cars to fight against with one. They would have done exactly the, the traditional Mercedes thing of leaving Perez out to block Hamilton. Yes, but Mercedes has such a straight line speed. Straight line speed, it wouldn't weekend. have been a problem, yeah. You can't help but feel he would have probably got past him within two, yeah. three laps at most. Yeah, like, I was thinking more aggressive strategy. could have been all have, over the back of him. Yeah. A more aggressive strategy would have helped Hamilton for sure. But Yes. And it, it would have been interesting to see at the end because obviously they would have been roles reversed and Verstappen has slightly better tyres you'd imagine it would have been interesting to see if he could have overtaken at the end but I don't I would be less I'd, certain yeah I'd be even less inclined to believe Verstappen would have been able to overtake Hamilton yeah. exactly exactly um, yeah if I think if I was Mercedes I would have tried to stretch Hamilton on those hards a bit longer got him to say like lap four, yeah yeah like lap 40 lap 41 and then go so medium. So he pit on thirty-seven end. or thirty-six, didn't he? Thirty-seven or thirty-eight, yeah. yeah. And then try and go mediums to the end. So even then, you've got that bit more of because this was the problem, wasn't it? And obviously, we'll talk yeah. about this a bit later on. Was Hamilton just didn't have a big enough advantage late on? Yeah, it wasn't big enough of a differential because it was only eight laps. Which, when you're doing a stint of twenty-five laps, it's not it's not enough really. No, no, especially so, around a track. Like I, I'm never really a big fan of when the teams try and do do that sort of strategy like pit onto the same compound just younger tyres because yeah. we saw Red Bull did it in Bahrain when they were trying to beat Hamilton there Yeah, and just doesn't the pace really was work. there to get there but you didn't have any tyres left by the time you got there that it was no. as the stint goes on you just equal out and get basically the same pace exactly, so, exactly. I don't know they're the strategists but, I guess but still yes yeah let's get on then to Fernando Alonso's beef of the week Feels he like was it's being so becoming, ridiculous. Becoming it was quite like amusing, to be fair. Yeah, it was incredible to listen to Michael Massey on the on the radio. With him. But <laughs> yeah, just just talk me through this whole instance and series of events. So I've no clue when what lap it was on because it was just between two channels. Lap twenty breaks. odd. It was between like so, lap twenty two and twenty eight. <laughs> it was when nothing else was happening. Uh, Raikkonen absolutely did Alonso around the outside of turn one. Alonso wasn't having any of it. Tried shoving him out wide. Basically, like hit the side of Kimi forced him over the exit curb on turn, turn one exit and then straight away is on the radio like give the place back he overtook me off the track when he literally was crashed into to get off the track and then a couple of laps later Alonso was just being absolutely ridiculous with Giovinazzi <laughs> and just like breaking up 50 meters late driving straight on at the end of the DRS straight and then just keeping the place because it's like oh I was <laughs> it's okay for Kimmy to pass me off the track but I can't pass Giovinazzi off the track. And then in the meantime, you've got Alan Permain being an annoying little kid to the radio <laughs> with uh, with Michael Massey. And yeah, Gio and Alonso, it was a very good battle actually. Um, but then one night later, Alonso got the inside line. Gio had to go off again, which I'm surprised the FIA told him to give it back. I guess there wasn't contact. They didn't, time. the team did. 
The team told him, yeah. But, but I don't think the FI... I don't think they would have. No, the no, FI maybe didn't. I don't think the FI would have made him give it back. But either way, like, it was the same situation. Alonso basically forced him off, but there wasn't contact that time. Yeah. Gio kept the place, and then the team told him to give it back. But yeah. it was interesting, but it was kind of... It's just showing the flaws in track limit system in F1. Well, this is the problem, isn't it? We, we spoke about this before the podcast, slightly. Alonso is just that one annoying guy who, <laughs> like, knows He's just there to the embarrass rules. the teachers, isn't he? He's just, like, he knows the rules. And obviously there's, there's gentleman agreements between the drivers, isn't there? About certain things as well. There's just some stuff you will and won't do to each other. Mm. And Alonso just tries to expose that. And, like, he's just completely, well, if someone else does it, I'm going to yeah. do it ten times worse. <laughs> like, the start in Russia was ridiculous. Like, you, like it's just, like... <laughs> it was very funny, and I, I, I rate it. It is just funny, yeah. But on the one hand, you just, what, hap- what needs to happen with Alonso, I think, is at the end of his career, he seriously needs to consider a job with the FIA, whether it comes to rulemaking or I would love it. It'd stewarding. be so funny. Do you remember when... Um, when he was reti- retiring the first time in the end of 2018 and in one of the press conferences he was like maybe I'll stay at F1 as a, a, a team boss or a, a coach or maybe the FIA boss and Hamilton was like not while I'm racing <laughs> no exactly exactly and I don't think he'd be allowed whilst Hamilton's still no. racing <laughs> but yeah Alonso don't get me wrong he's a wildly intelligent guy but also a dick <laughs> he was just being so ridiculous you, you just wouldn't like you just wouldn't never want to work with him would you no you can see why it went so wrong i think it's because the whole of alpine is behind him no one calls him out on it no, exactly. but like when exactly. he's at any other team there's some people in the team who just disagree with the way he goes just about they're like mate we don't so... want to deal with this yeah like again i can and it's things like this that I can see why people love him as a driver, but also I think he's so amusing. He's entertaining. I wouldn't support him. It's it's funny he's when he's battling in the midfield, isn't it? But if, but he, if he was doing that, front, that trying yeah. to win races, you're there like you're an arse. Yeah. <laughs> and this Pretty is much. the thing, isn't it? Like Alonso is that guy that I can't work out if I love to hate him or hate to love him, and it's like yeah. both extremes each weekend, <laughs> just because again he's not battling for race wins. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we sort of see the rest of the race start to unfold. Then, like we said, obviously, Hamilton, second time around, pits eight laps later than Max Verstappen. Whilst all this is going on, uh, we find out Perez has no drink around a very warm track. Yeah, very hot day. And he's uh, in the interviews afterwards, after the race, he seemed so, like, exhausted. He was dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He said it was the longest race of his career. And, like, I his think hands well, and feet but... were getting, like, numb through the race yes. and stuff. Yeah. Um... A titanic battle again between Ferrari and McLaren un- unraveled. Obviously, we had Sainz versus Ricardo. Sainz wasn't happy. He felt Ricardo deliberately took him out. On the offboard, it just looks like Ricardo got a bit of oversteer and Sainz was trying to turn across him and their rear wheels got locked together. Yeah. Pretty much all it was. <laughs> Meanwhile, whilst we've got all this going on, Bottas has still done nothing all day but I'll get past one out for Tauri. Yeah, exactly. And that's it. Meanwhile, Gasly's so suspension... Bad. Yeah, Gasly's suspension just fails. Or we think it was his suspension. It sounded unhealthy, put I it didn't that way. See it. I, yeah, I so not to, uh, see all it. it basically was was just a lot of rattling coming from the back end, which is either suspension or gearbox. Yeah, it sounds like my car. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is yours <laughs> the suspension or the gearbox? Uh, well, right now it's the alternator, but it just doesn't make That's any noise because it just doesn't turn on. That's not the back of the car. 
<laughs> it was the exhaust for mine, but that's off off topic. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, we've, we've already had your whole car saga yeah. on the podcast as well. <laughs> Which before. now got even worse, but we ignore that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, sort of the last few laps are starting to unfold. Hamilton is taking time out of a stab and here and there. Um, honestly, at this point, I was looking at it going, he's not going to be able to get past. He's not going to be able to get past. He was closing about as quickly as he was in Spain this year in Hungary last year, though, or two years ago. Not quite as quickly, but he was still closing in. And I guess the whole nature of this circuit is like, sector one is basically a dirt, yeah, killer. And then you have a straight. If a straight was maybe straight after turn one, Hamilton would have a much bigger chance. And this is the big question I wanted to ask you today, Jamie. Should DRS be enabled from two seconds behind? No. No, okay. <laughs> that makes it so easy. It's already too easy some places. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean around specific tracks, though. Should there be in the FI rulebook that either voted by the drivers or so. by the teams, it should be between one and two seconds? Like one I and a half so. seconds at some tracks, no? I, do, I think it's, it's allowing for a lot of uh, like mistakes being made by humans deciding on the length of time you can activate it behind so i think it's good how it is because this was the thing wasn't it a culture obviously because of that obviously it made yeah. in a in a pretty fair fight the drs was effectively useless because you couldn't get close enough in the first place in a lot of instances to be able to then utilize it yeah but i kind of like that almost yeah, it's a very, very difficult thing to call. It's like it? you don't really want to make overtaking too easy. because then And this just... is the fine balance, yeah. isn't it? Because people have moaned about DRS in the past. Personally, I would argue it's one of the best things that comes to the sport in the last 10 years from an entertainment I mean, side of things. <laughs> no? From an entertainment... I mean, I before you added entertainment, I was like, well, the V6 engines have been pretty good for the environment. The, uh, Not really. Are pretty good for They've had to use more resources for the hybrid system. They're probably more polluting than the V8s, all in all. But the Halo when has you... saved many lives, so that's the Halo. Good. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Was <laughs> uh, probably the been, best thing to the come to the sport VSC in the last has also years. been pretty useful. Safety car Delta has been pretty useful. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. but think DRS how many more good. races would have been three tire compounds have been for good. Pirelli's been very useful. Think we wouldn't have had the iconic "Here Comes Sebastian Vettel." That was so iconic. That wasn't even DRS. That was like one. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> DRS is useless. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh uh, yeah. No, I think DRS has saved us from a lot more snooze fest. And I think do you remember Abu Dhabi 2019, which you probably don't because it was very forgettable. But they that was the race where they forgot to enable DRS for like 20. Yes. Hours. Yeah, everyone, I vaguely remember that now. Yeah, cause I, was it pit. Hulkenberg got flipped? It was, it was hot. No, that was the year before. It was Hulk's oh, last right. race in, well, supposedly last race at that point in F1. He didn't pit for ages, was up to like fourth, had Bottas and Leclerc behind him in a Renault. And at yeah. Abu Dhabi, they were unable to pass him because there was no DRS. Yeah, but <laughs> and you would just how get a often lot before have we like seen that. Ferraris get stuck behind Renaults at Abu Dhabi? Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Some things never change. Yeah. But yeah, I think. If DRS wasn't a thing, you'd see so many more stupid races. Like when, uh, like Red Bull would absolutely just use Gasly and Sonoda to ruin the title fight (laughs) and stuff like that, just because they can, because DRS makes it, or no DRS would make it impossible to pass anyone. Yes, yeah. Um, But 
obviously late on then Hamilton the gap gets down to less than two seconds really I must admit it was exciting wasn't it it we was can very look, exciting. We can look back at hindsight and think, oh, it was a bit of a disappointment that nothing... Well, for me, anyway, it was a bit of a disappointment that nothing happened at the end. And there was, like I said, a big part of me that just didn't think Hamilton would be able to do anything there. And, of course, this time around, that was what happened. But we've got to completely appreciate we watched, again, two, the two best drivers in Formula 1 who are currently leagues above everyone else. Yeah properly going for it on top of oh my excuse completely. me <laughs> yeah they they were so it was just was it 40 seconds back to perez and like a minute and 20 back to fourth it's just yeah. insane how much faster they are like, like you're getting to the point where at a short track you'd be you'd be lapping everyone but the top two yes In, yeah. like bottas was lapped perez was halfway to be or but he did have issues to be fair yeah, i think perez issues, despite if, if he'd perez had would have been things much like more that, quick would yeah. have i reckon he would have probably been about 25 30 seconds off yeah but still the the battle was really good i as a max fan enjoyed the race a lot because it felt to me like a bit of a turning point because ever since sandvort the tide has kind of been going back towards mercedes i would felt you argue that? i think so i wouldn't like, argue that Monza, Mercedes were faster than Red Bull for sure. But the tie didn't go that way because Verstappen. But like, it, it felt like. I mean, that's debatable. But it felt like it was going back towards Mercedes. Russia, they definitely had a faster car. Um, Turkey, Bottas won. So what would Hamilton have done if he hadn't had engine penalties? He dominated. And then USA going into it, I was like, this is also going to be a bit of a Mercedes track. But a lot of the issues at Istanbul. Adrian Newey apparently came back from his injury and sorted out immediately. Yeah, it was set up stuff, wasn't it? So he yeah. came back and just did his stuff, and suddenly Red Bull win again. Like, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> a, honestly, Adrian He's Newey is like the best investment. If you're looking to set up a Formula One team, pay that man as much money as he ever wants because yeah, he will Leighton get House you a car been, that can win more. Leighton titles. House would have been champions if they kept him. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's how um, a lot of the 1990 McLaren was based on the undertray of that Leighton yeah. House. After it went, after it flipped at Paul Ricard, wasn't it? Yeah, and they just started taking pictures, <laughs> which is insane when you think about it. But yeah, Bottas obviously jumped Carlos Sainz late on. We then watched Kimi bottle it with two laps to go when he's From in the points. points. Position. Very unlike Kimi, actually. I mean, I think he had damage on his floor ever since Alonso drove into him. Yeah. So I'll cut him a bit of slack, but still, it's a bit of a rookie rookie error for a man who's in his twenty second season or whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, and again, I think if that was anyone else other than Kimmy, it would have probably people been a lot have, bigger of a deal, wouldn't it? Yeah, people would have slated them into next week for it. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not his way anyway. There's no point really criticizing exactly. his point. Kimmy is don't care. Kimmy don't care. Um, like, what's an extra point to him? Lapped traffic as well, Jamie. I think we ought to talk about this. Yeah. Quickly. So it's actually weird because it's been like this before at Cota, um, back in 2012, wasn't it? Where, yes. Like, yeah. There was a Hamilton behind another Red Bull that day actually and yep. like the only the only reason why he would have got close enough to pass was because of a lapped car in sector one which almost well it would have been the same again yesterday if if there's a lapped car in the wrong place then it would have made the difference and he's close enough down the straight yes, but then yeah. the very last or second last lap wasn't it Schumacher well heading on usually, to the last lap wasn't it yeah Schumacher's usually very good at getting out of the way um, unlike his teammate uh 
and yeah, just didn't throughout the whole of the last sector really until. There's uh, not after many places you can let someone through. But though, still, it when you're great from for, it, but he's when not you're last, anyone. he's got nothing to fight for. There's two leaders who are championship yeah. protagonists coming through. Just get out of the way. It's going to cost you what two seconds, like whatever. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> And then he doesn't get out of the way through turn 18 or turn 19, which cost Verstappen a couple of tenths at least. It put Hamilton momentarily into DRS. Um, and then luckily for Verstappen, the fact that he was out in front of him into turn between 19 and 20 meant he had DRS down the pit straight. If Without that, if Hamilton had actually opened his DRS, which for some reason he didn't. I don't um, think he had DRS. I probably didn't have it, yeah. I no, don't think but, he had um, it. It could have been a bit of a difference if Schumacher had like got out of the way of Verstappen before the activate before the detection and gave it to yeah. Hamilton or something then it yeah. probably could have swung the tide quite badly and it would have been a very interesting last lap for sure but luckily for Verstappen he got the DRS and was able to just build that 1.1 1.2 seconds again exactly and, and this is the it. problem with sector 1 isn't it I mean it's a very very exciting sector to drive and to watch in qualifying especially when the cars are bouncing over the place I've never really loved it in the same way by the sounds of it you have there I, um, I really like it. I mean, it's probably like, with you, like, do you remember the AOR season when I was like, I'm the best in the game at Sector 1? <laughs> oh, I tried to forget it, but yeah. Because I was, I was purple in our tier. I'm class. I was so good at Sector 1 that game. Purple in our tier. What a, what a boy. Our tier of like nine drivers as well at that point, probably. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I like that sector. It's... I think the problem for me with it is obviously it's just... It kills the flow of the track. It is the flow of the track, that bit. Sector 3 is way less flow. Oh, no, sorry. I mean, it kills, like, the dirty air, and it obviously yeah. therefore makes the back straight null and void. But I think the difference would be don't make the track worse. You just make the cars better and easier to follow. Yes, yeah, this is the big <laughs> thing, isn't it? We've really got to hope that next year's cars yeah. can help us out as well. But, yeah, so we saw, obviously, uh, anything else to add from the Grand Prix? Uh, that really tall man on the podium was funny. Shaquille O'Neal, uh, yeah. yeah. Love him. I got to admit. Very good memes from that. Yeah, that was what I quickly wanted to talk about. Did it feel this year that the US Grand Prix was more of an event than ever before? Oh, for sure. I think I think it was Jensen Button in the interview with Hamilton afterwards was like, do you think F1's here to stay in America? And it's like, absolutely yes. There were so many fans there. I think what well, I saw a stat somewhere. I think 2017. I want to say there were 230,000 people over the weekend. This year was 400k. Yeah. Now it's crazy. Some of that is probably helped based on the fact, obviously, because of COVID, people do want to do this stuff a bit more now. Yeah. But but also a, F1's just getting bigger. That's a like, liberty again. It's this one is of a the podcast I want to do at sports. some point as well. No, in terms of social media, Formula One is the fastest growing yeah. major sport in the world right now. They've still. done so well, like honestly, and Drive to Survive is obviously something the hardcore fans don't like, but it's very very useful for that sort of thing. Yes, Stuff like a Schumacher yeah. documentary, like drivers having a lot more social presence, everything like that is so good for the sport. And there's <laughs> something still I'd love to see them change. But for the most part, they've done pretty well. Yeah. And we've said this time and time again. Compared to how it was in like 16, where you had like no race highlights on YouTube. No. Like the only thing I think they could try and do, which they don't have any power to do at the minute, is put it back on free TV. (laughs) Free TV and a loosening up of their footage online. Yes. Are the two big things. The FOM desperately need to move into this generation because you can only begin to imagine 
just how much more hype could be built up. Like, obviously, again, the best example I can use from this is NASCAR for me. I sort of enjoy driving the cars on, like, iRacing and NASCAR the game and things like that over the last couple of years. But for me, it's been the content that creators make on YouTube that has really drawn me to the sport. Mm. Because the way some people are able to build up and tell stories because they're able to use footage from NASCAR yeah. is like, that's something a, that like, Formula 1 could easily do. There's so many talented like, yeah, content creators. There are so many. Like, I think it's still up on YouTube, but it's based... You remember the Civil War? Yes, yeah. For 2016. That's like a two-hour film that I yeah. can just watch on repeat because it's so good. Exactly. I mean, you probably but, don't want it because it's about Rosberg winning the Exactly. Title, but... I don't think I've ever watched it fully in its entirety, but I know exactly what you mean. It's amazing. <laughs> and this is the thing, isn't it? There's There were so many great content creators as well from years ago, sort of before Bernie Eccleston learned what YouTube was as well. Yeah, like MSCF1, Cook Productions. Yeah. Yep, um, I'm thinking. I can't remember the name of the guy now. Harrison I don't know if you ever watched the one good. that did uh, Daniel Ricardo, the Honey Badger. No, I've not. not oh, seen that was that a great one. That's a Floz great one. Floz is the guy who did the Silver War. Recommend. Yes, him. yeah, Floz was another great one. But there's just, it's one of those things that I'm sort of there, like, why haven't Liberty sorted this out yet? Yeah. Because I mean, even Codemass has still got issues with it now. I mean, get issues with it with F1 Esports still. They're Mm. just so strange so protective about like all their content wants to be created by them which i understand yeah but it makes like sense commercially there's, plen- there's you- so many like like uh freelance content producers who would do an amazing job and it's also a great way like i've seen people like josh revel have been starting to get gigs with social media teams in f1 yeah that wouldn't happen or it would happen a lot more if they allowed people to use real footage. Exactly. You think it's so hard to make videos of F one of real yeah. F one without using footage. Exactly, exactly. Um Yeah, definitely that is the one big thing, isn't it? That I'd love to see mm. the F one change. And of course obviously free to wear free C V. That'll make as it well. massive. That'll make yes. it global to stay. Exactly. Exactly. But I mean it is free in a lot of places, but they've got to t- they've got to make it free in three places. England, Italy, Germany. The yeah. three biggest F1 markets are still behind paywalls, which is yeah. ridiculous. And you can't even get F1 TV in any of those countries. I don't think. Exactly, because Sky have got <laughs> exclusive deals with yeah. all of them, which is just yeah. frustrating. Um, anything to add, though, from the USA before we quickly talk about Mexico then, Jamie? Don't think so. No, that's fine. Um, I th- I th- you may have got your prediction right, actually. What, I, I know I said, for America, I said Hamilton win, I think. You probably said Hamilton win as well. I think I went Hamilton. I think I got the podium. I got all three drivers on the podium, right? But I didn't get them in the right order. I got Hamilton with a stap on the wrong way around. Fair. Well, yeah, I'll take that as a dub still at the end of the day. Um, Again, we'll we'll probably talk a lot more about Mexico next week, but are we going to do top three now or do you want to wait? Let's give it a top three now. Why not? Go on then, Jamie. Top three. I'll go Verstappen. Yep. Perez. Yep. Oh, if I'm going for the narrative of Hamilton taking the engine penalty, who would be third? Who's good at Mexico? I'll go Charlotte Claire. Fair enough. Yeah. I am going to go Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez, and Hamilton's oh. going to have a grip penalty. I just think he's <laughs> going to get second either way. Maybe. It wouldn't surprise me, but hopefully not. Yeah. We'll wait and we see. We haven't had a mental like stupid race in a while actually in yeah terms well, of, like, we're old one aren't we cars and stuff yeah this is the thing I mean, isn't it it seems like 
all five teams that we spoke about earlier on kind of have now got their act together. We've just sort of got yeah. that bit of a rift. But like Alpha Tauri are kind of in the middle, but the top eight have pretty much decided yeah. most weeks. And now, Gasly can sometimes mix it with them on a good track for Well, the top but... nine, yeah, basically decided. Yeah. It's just a case of what order where Gasly yeah. can sort of muscle Especially himself. Especially in, in qualifying. There's just a randomer in Q3 just qualifying 10th. Exactly. Like guaranteed before Q3. Yes, yeah. Um, Anything else to add, though, before we round this off? Don't think so. No. Um, good race. Yeah. The US Grand Prix, it certainly was hyped. But, yeah, Kota, Kota's Sector 1 is deadly, deadly <laughs> and ruin, ruins great racing. Thank you all so That's much for Max. watching. That's the Lewis fan speaking. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Max fans are going out there to christen Kota Sector 1, <laughs> the new Holy Temple. Um, but, yeah, thank you all so much for watching this video. If you have enjoyed, do make sure you leave a like and get yourself subscribed as well. And yeah, Jamie and I will be back next week out, obviously previewing the Mexican Grand Prix. We've got a couple of other things we need to discuss as well, of course. But yeah, we'll be back very, very soon with more F1 content.